Hello and welcome back to the Find Your Feet podcast, a podcast show dedicated to helping you get closer to your true authentic self by helping you find your feet in life. Welcome to episode 78 and today is just grace behind the microphone and I'm going to be doing a little bit of more like a vulnerable episode. I keep getting like little pings, you know, little whispers from universe, my intuition, whatever, telling me to be a bit more open on the podcast. And yeah, so I'm going to share with you, as you will have guessed from the title, um, my journey from recovering from chronic anxiety to where I am now, where that is just not something that I ever have to deal with. And I don't know if any of you guys even really know that about me. I have kind of mentioned it before in really early episodes on in the show, but obviously we are 78 episodes deep now. So there's a lot of people that have joined our little podcast community that have not listened to the earlier episodes. And to be honest, I didn't really touch on it that much, but I feel like I'm probably just now going to make the podcast episode I wish that I had at 17 when I had awful anxiety and I had no idea what was going on in my mind. And I think that people get to a point where they have healed so much from past pain and difficult moments. And then you can just speak kind of like objectively about it. And it's not like triggering or anything, you know, as Abby always says, turn your pain into power. So I'm turning my past pain into power. I mean, I I already have for myself, but now I want to do it for everybody else because I just believe so much as well in like the power of transformation. And I love hearing other people's transformation stories. Um, I think that there's such an amazing example and like inspiring way for other people that are like maybe struggling, maybe not feeling that fab. It doesn't need to just be like, obviously I'm going to be talking about anxiety today, but it could just be anything. And I think when you, there's someone that you like resonate with, or just there's somebody that is there in like real life telling you where they've been and how they've turned it around and where they are now is such an amazing example and like evidence for you to start believing that it's possible for you to transform and get better if you are in that place where you aren't feeling great. As I honestly, honestly believe everybody has the like the potential and the ability to experience happiness every day, to feel good. I don't believe that we have to accept living with mental health issues. I, I'm not saying that in a stupid, naive way. Like I completely understand why they manifest into our minds, why they're so prominent in society right now. But just because they are does not mean that we should all just accept it and that should just become normal and that we just need to like, it is what it is. Obviously it is normal in that it's very normal to struggle with something like with a mental health issue. I don't mean that, but as in it's, you deserve happiness every day. You don't need to wake up and feel sad, low, anxious, depressed, whatever you are struggling with. There is another way. Um, and I always believe that about myself as well. And that was what I dug deep and like found within me that gave me like the strength to do literally whatever I could to pull myself out of where I used to be. Um, so yeah, 
that is what we're going to talk about today. I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, so I think this is nice as well, because then I think you guys can get to know me a little bit better. Because um, I feel like I used to hold back a little bit in some of the earlier episodes. I guess it's just like getting comfortable, isn't it, with like talking on the internet, whereas now I just really don't care. And um, I just love like having such a deep connection with the people that listen to our show. Like I am obsessed with you guys. I love the community that surrounds this podcast and I love your vulnerability that you have with us. And um, yeah, so I just want to, I just think this is nice. You can get to know me a little bit better Um, and it will hopefully help you as well. Um, I think that when you listen to somebody speak about their struggle with mental health and like getting over it in this way as well, it just really helps you feel that you can open up to other people in your own life and feel like less stigmatized by it because we're still working through that stigma in society. But like since lockdown's been done and I've been back out, like actually seeing people in person and seeing people that I've, yeah, that obviously this, this podcast was birthed in the first lockdown. So there's been a lot of people that I've not seen in person for a long time. And then when you're actually there in person, people like telling you what they think about the show and like a lot of, and we do get this feedback on message as well, but a lot of what people have said that's been really nice to hear is that hearing me and Abby as two young girls just living life, um, speaking like so openly and casually about, like mental health and things like that actually makes people feel so much better as if it's normal in themselves. But I honestly, like, I just think like I can like, and I'll did go into this in the episode, but I just understand so much about our brains now as well. And, um, completely understand how we get to the point of like struggling with mental health, like what it all builds up to. But anyway, right. I'm just going to dive right in with my story. Um, so I, I am 24 years old now, turning 25 in July, 14th of July, mark it in your diaries, telling me happy birthday on that day. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 24. So when I, I started forming anxiety when I was like a teenager and then it got really bad when I was like 17, that was like the peak of it. But it kind of been building up, I think, since I was like 15, um, but I had no idea what it was no idea because people don't talk about it in school and um like literally you don't get let I I don't know how far in detail they speak about things like this in school me and Abby are actually trying to get into schools at the minute um to help teach things about mindfulness like we're trying to get involved so anyway manifest that for us but off topic I don't really know the extent of what they speak about mental health wise in school now, but when I was in school, there was zero talk about it. So I was having symptoms of anxiety and had no idea what was going on. Like I genuinely used to think at certain points that I was dying, like because manifest um, anxiety manifests into physical symptoms in the body, as well as obviously racing thoughts and all that stuff in the mind. I was having all these different like physical symptoms, and I, like, you know, like a racing heart, feeling like you can't breathe. Or I just genuinely thought, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just probably dying, <laughs> even though I wasn't I was a perfectly healthy young young lady. But um, that's honestly how I felt, and it was complete lack of understanding of what was going on in my own mind that made the whole experience even more scary because I literally like couldn't um, understand what what was going on in my own mind. 
So yeah, it hit a peak at like 17, but it had been building up for a couple of years. Um, but then when I was like 17, I actually figured out what it was. And it's so funny how I actually figured it out. And that's why I kind of wanted to do this episode as well, because I, me explaining this could be the identification that I needed at that point because I actually figured out that I had anxiety by somebody on YouTube talking about it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys remember Zoella. She was like one of the OG YouTubers from back in the day. I don't actually know if she posts on YouTube anymore. I'm not really, really keep that up to date with her now. But um, yeah, back in the day, I did used to watch some of her videos and um, she was talking about having like a panic attack and, and she was explaining the symptoms a bit and like what it was like and all this stuff. She was talking about it in quite a casual way. And I was like, what? That's what I have. Is that what it is? It's called anxiety. Oh my God. Like, and, um, and then from that, it was like such a breakthrough for me because then I actually could name what was going on because before that, I just honestly didn't know. And then because I was scared of what it was, I then just didn't tell anyone because I couldn't even really explain what it was. Um, and like, I just felt like I would sound crazy. So I just didn't say anything, which obviously makes it worse. Like you need to speak to people. Um, but I found it hard to open up and speak to anyone because I couldn't like kind of label what was actually happening to me. Um, so shout out to Zoella for that video back in the day. Um, about seven years ago now. Um, you helped me, you helped me sister. Uh, so yeah, that's how I figured out what it was. Um, and then from there, I actually like opened up to my mom about it. I remember we went out for dinner and like, I was really, I was, I, and I was like, I'm going to tell her that I have anxiety. I think I'd done a bit of research on it online after like figuring out what it actually was from that Zoella video. I went and like started Googling things. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. This makes complete sense. This is what I've been struggling with. And, um, yeah, so I went to, I went out for dinner with my mom and I remember thinking, this is the night I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to tell her, like, I just need to get it off my chest. I need to tell someone because I didn't really know how to then get, I, like I knew I, what I had, but then I didn't know what to do next, like how to fix it. So, um, yeah, so I brought it up to my mom when we were out for dinner. I remember I was absolutely pooping my pants because like I, back then it was more, stigmatized than it is now it is like we've come a long way in a short space of time in society with like being open about mental health stuff um and understanding what they are and how to help people in your family or your friends if they're suffering and just understanding what to do and how to manage it we've come a really long way but back then like there wasn't any resources at all really about it so um yeah I was really scared to tell my mom because I just felt like I'd be really judged I just felt like it was you felt that shame that I think a lot of people still feel now, but really don't need to. But I felt, yeah, I just felt so much like shame as if like there was something really wrong with me and like, uh, yeah, that it was like, uh, yeah, shameful. Um, so anyway, I told my mom, I can't actually really remember how she responded, but I imagine she was probably quite concerned <laughs> at the time. Um, but it was amazing for me to open up to my mom because that was then what led me on to taking the next steps to actually getting over this and managing it. Um, so yeah, the first step for me was actually figuring out what the hell was going on. Like I would literally like have the worst panic attacks. I would have panic attacks at home, like on my own. Um, and I genuinely feel like my throat's closing up. Also everything, when I'm talking about this, by the way, I really don't, I don't want to like trigger anybody else if they've got anxiety and like freak them out. Um, just sort of disclaimer, I'm not going to say anything that crazy, but you know, like this is quite, 
for some people can probably be quite a sensitive topic but again I do think just talking openly about it makes it you feel less alone and anyway um I would just have panic attacks like a lot a lot and um yeah it got to the point where like I my anxiety was coming like um getting in the way of like my day-to-day life it's the word dehabilitating I don't know if that's the right word but yeah like I would like just not be able to go out like I just couldn't do normal life without it affecting me like I'd I remember like I used to go <laughs> this is when I went and joined the college like with Abby where that's where we met um and I used to get the bus to college uh because I didn't have to drive or anything so I got on the bus and um I remember I used to freak out on the bus all the time think someone's gonna rob me like all these like really irrational thoughts I just took over and um yeah and like there was times when like I would have anxiety attacks and then be so freaked out that I was having an anxiety attack in public, like a panic attack, that then I would then freak out that people were going to know I was freaking out and then freak out even more. And there'd be times when I'd like, it would make my temperature in my body go so hot because like your heart races, you can't breathe. Um, My temperature would go so high because I was panicked. And there was times when I've been like in public and this sounds like mental, but honestly, it looked like someone chucked a bucket of water all over me. Like I was dripping, dripping. Like I'd just done three hours of CrossFit training or something. I was dripping in sweat. It was so bizarre. Like it was just coming all over my face, like down my chest. And um, I was like just frozen there because then I was like freaking out even more that I was having such like obvious physical response to something like to the anxiety attack and it just made it worse. Um, so that was fun. So like, yeah, that was like the extent of them. Like they weren't enjoyable, um, but we got through it and I never, ever have anything like that now. Uh, but yeah, but the thing with like mental health and stuff like this is at the time when I realized what I had, like and I was saying when I told my went to tell my mom and like I felt really worried about it because I felt kind of shameful to say that this is what I had like and that I was struggling and that wasn't okay and there's such a a thing in society where people are like what's wrong with you oh right you've got anxiety label you as anxious oh you've got depression like label you as depressed um label you as having OCD intrusive thoughts label you as you know all these different things there's so many different things like you get labeled with what is wrong with you. And I'm doing air quotation marks right now. If you are not watching on YouTube, um, you get labeled as what's wrong with you. Whereas actually, and this is what I, this is why I love to learn about the brain and how our mind works. Because once you understand how your mind is like functioning and the, the primary functions of your brain, all these different layers of your mind and how like we respond to stress and trauma and emotions and all these things, you start to realize that your brain was literally just trying to protect you. And that's why it's manifested into this mental illness, like a, like a mental health issue, why it's manifested into anxiety or depression. It's all a natural response to what has happened to you, not what is wrong with you. So, and this, so I'm reading a book at the minute called what, what happened to you by Oprah and, Dr. Perry, I think he's called. Um, and it's all about obviously what happened to you. So it's, it's about approaching people struggling with their mental health, like yourself struggling with mental health, anything as taking in consideration, what have you gone through in your life? Because that is what's impacted you to have the potential problem you have right now. And it's not so much that you are just have that problem and you're labeled with it and you're stuck with it. It's more 
about understanding what's happened to you so you can understand why your brain is doing what it is and work with your brain to move out of it and heal and get over it. And like with my anxiety, like I felt shame for the fact I had anxiety, but now as I've, you know, older and I can look back, the reason why I had it was all just, it was a manifestation of a illness in my mind from, as a result of lots of change, not positive change, a lot of just emotional distraught, like just not great things happening in my younger life. Um, and that is not my, that, that's not my fault. Like that's nothing to do with me that I, that, that happened to me that certain things went on in my life that aren't, you know, the white picket fence, lovely, you know, whatever, I don't know, American movie life that people I would say want, no, do they want it? I don't know. You know, as life happens, things happen, things were going on in my life, in my own family, all these things. And it impacted me. Obviously, um, this is what happens. Things happen and you obviously take on the emotions of it. Like life happens. And when you're that young, you haven't really got the tools to like deal with it. So all the emotion gets kind of like stuck in your body and all the, you can't process it properly in your mind. Like just, it's just like your body is in constant, like adrenal stress response to things because life is not going as you thought it was going to go or it's just disrupted because there's things going on that are upsetting. And this happens to a lot of people. Oh my, like how many people actually go through their life without having some sort of hardship or something like difficult going on that they have to deal with? Like we all have something like not, we're not all wrapped in cotton wool. I mean, some people are, and that's great, but we're not all like that. Like, and, and I think that a lot of people as well assume that for something that's like whatever's happened to you that for it to warrant you forming a a mental health issue that it needs to have been traumatic with a capital t like it needs to have been like you're in the war or something like that like something really extreme when it's not and the more i learn about the mind and like how our minds are as children all this stuff the more i understand how easily it is to get mental health symptoms issues as a result of just life experiences and um so yeah so my anxiety was just a result of disruption in my life over the last few years prior to it and then it just peaked and um you know like we trap emotions in the body and your body's always trying to regulate itself and I was just living in like fight or flight all the time and obviously then the anxiety like perpetuates that um so yeah, I think we need to, like, I, I'm loving this book that I'm reading and I really like the way they've worded the title. Cause I'm like, that is what you should be considering. Have compassion for other people. Like it's not about what's wrong with that person. It's like what's happened to that person that's made them be like this. Like understand them more. And, um, that is in itself, if we approach ourselves like that and other people like that, it's going to drop the shame, the judgment, the guilt that you even put on yourself for struggling with your mental health. Like it's great now, like how many more people are open about it. And like, I sit here and talk about this, but I can sit here and talk about this as well because I have, it's, it was a while ago now. And like, I've, I, I don't feel like it defines me. Like, obviously it's a part of my journey. So it is a part of me. It's part of my life, but as in, I, I don't feel defined by it. Uh, so I can sit here and just talk about it. But so many people 
feel defined by it because they get labeled as you are depressed, you are anxious, you are X, Y, Z, rather than just approaching it as what happened to you. Um, and then that has resulted in this and then let's move through it that way. So yeah, I think we should all just approach (laughs) mental health within ourselves and everybody else in our lives and people we meet, you should just approach people with more compassion. Um, because let's be real, everybody's gone through something. Everybody's got like, and there's so many people that suffer in silence and stuff. Like you're like naive to think that people are always like hundred percent. Okay. But anyway, I am pretty okay now though, guys, I'm not gonna lie. Most of the time, hundred percent. Okay. And that is because I had that time where I felt so low, so down. My mind was taking over me. Like it, you feel like you're at war with your mind when you're in that situation. Like you can't get hold of it. Um, and now I have learned how to manage it, which I'll share with you now, some of how I got over it. Um, because some of them might, some of these tips might be able to help you guys if you are struggling as well. And now, honestly, like I never get anxiety like that. I have, I'd never get panic attacks. I don't, I just don't get anxiety like that anymore. Like sometimes I do still get anxious, but I mean, who doesn't like, it's just that it's quite a natural response. Like it's your fight or flight to something that makes you nervous or worries you or stresses you. But generally as a whole, like I don't have anxiety on that scale, um, <laughs> where I'm like having crazy panic attacks, uh, where it looks like someone's thrown a bucket of water over me and all that stuff, you know, we're past that now. But some of the ways that I like moved out of it, once I like could identify what it was that was wrong with me, admit it and, op- and, and open up to other people around me, like let my support network know what was going on so that I could be supported. Like that's a huge thing as well. Like let people around you support you. They will want to support you. They absolutely will. Like the people around you, even if it's just like your colleagues, if you don't feel like you've got good friends to speak to or anything, like you're never alone and people are a lot more understanding with things like this now. And you'll be surprised at how many people have been through things themselves and will have complete understanding of what you're going through and I'm probably be able to help you much more than you'd probably think. So, um, yeah, for like open up to your support network. First of all, that's always the hardest thing is kind of a, a open up and admitting it. Um, but do it without guilt and shame. Like if you're not judging yourself and no one else is going to judge you. Cause I honestly think that people only judge us when we like actually judge ourselves. Cause when you're so unapologetic about anything, just how you are, whatever, like less people actually judge you. Like I think sometimes people feed off you judging yourself if that makes sense like they pick up on the energy of it and then bad people pick up on that and like come for you anyway off topic but yeah I opened up and I let my support network know and then from there they could help me and I could help myself because I felt like I had people out right looking out for me and being a bit more patient with me at the time obviously I was 17 so I um I was at college Luckily, I like I had like part time jobs and stuff, but you know I wasn't in a serious job. I wasn't in my career. I wasn't. Whereas it's a lot more difficult for people when they're older and they're in their jobs and stuff because you can't. You feel as though you can't really take your foot off the gas because you know you got to earn your money and like keep make a living and stuff. Whereas I was younger, so I honestly just put everything 
to do with college and everything on the back burner. And the only thing I was work focused on was my well-being, me and me only, me getting better. And honestly, like I had awful anxiety and it had been building up for years and then peaked when I was 17. And it took me six months to get over it. Like six months of hardcore focus. I went in, I did everything you could possibly do to get over it. And I did get over it. And I can hands down say to you now, it has never returned on that scale again. And I genuinely don't think it will because of the knowledge I have now of my mind, the relationship I have with my mind now and the self-care practices that I have in place to look after my mental health mean that I, my mind just will not get to that state and my body will not get to that state where it's it's in that constant fight or flight and like my nervous system is going crazy because that was all that was going on. And it was that my nervous system was going that crazy as a result of the emotional disruption that was going on in my life at the time. So that's like, yeah, so don't judge yourself for having anything because most of the time it's a result of, of, traumatic events, emotional disruption that's put your body into like that dysregulated state that's manifested into your mind as a, as a mental illness. And it's not because you're weak. Like so many people think it's because you're weak and all this stuff. It's not like it can happen to anyone. It can happen to the strongest of people. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got or anything, how, like, it doesn't matter. Like we can all, we're all at points of our lives, like susceptible to this. And that's why we've got to know, we've got to talk openly about it. Like we are right now on this show. And also we've got to know what are the, like the little habits that you can build that are going to prevent you from getting to that place in the first place. Or if you are there, are going to get you out of it. So that's what I'm going to share now. So I literally went in, in, let me tell you, I went in, like I went hard, (laughs) I went so hard on getting over this. I was like, what the hell? Like, I was like, I feel awful. Life is short. And even at 17, I thought life was short. Um, Literally, like, I was like, no way. Like, life, there's more to life than feeling like this. Like, there's so much more to life than feeling bad. I was like, I want to feel good every day. And like, there was like this little thing. And this is what a lot of people talk about when they get to, you know, sort of rock bottoms or whatever. I, don't, I wouldn't say that that, yeah, you could call it a rock bottom if that's what you want. I think they sound a bit dramatic, but that was, I was at my lowest I've ever, ever been at that point. Um, but I, um, there was like this little voice, like re, really deep down in the pit of my stomach that was like, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel amazing, Grace. You deserve to feel happy every day. And that's possible for you. And that was the driving force behind my unwavering faith, dedication and commitment to myself in that following six months to get the freaking hell over this anxiety and get it under control and manage it. And that is the same belief I hold now for you, for me, for every person in this world, everyone listening to the podcast right now. Like I genuinely believe it's possible to feel good every single day and for happiness to be your baseline that you exist on and that you deserve that and it's possible and you are literally like worthy of it. Um, so many people think that's, that's part of the battle as well as when you're so low that you can even feel like there isn't a way back up. But I had that little voice in me that was like, no, 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 there is another way. There's another way. And that was my driving force behind 
uh, what I want to do. And that is my driving force behind everything that I do in my life now. Every single thing, what I put in my mouth, what I eat, like what I drink, who I hang around with, what jobs I do, whether I take risks to pursue my passions and like try and build a career, businesses that can construct my life in a way that I want my life to be. All of that is driven by this deep, deep, certain belief that life can be good every day. And I'm not saying that in that toxic positivity bullshit way that people were talking about. I get sad. I get pissed off. I get worried. I get all the emotions, but my baseline is happiness. My baseline is contentment. But that, like, of course, you're still going to go through life. Like life is life. Things happen. You're still going to go with the waves of the emotions, but my baseline is genuine happiness. And that is possible for everybody. So I just literally went in, I went in, I got therapy. That was the biggest thing that I did. But with therapy, it's not just about what you're doing in that room for one hour a week with that, with your therapist. It's about all the other stuff you're doing alongside it. And one thing I really, really did well, and I remember like my therapist at the time really pointing this out was that I was there doing the sessions with her, trying to understand what the hell was going on in my mind, making sense of these completely irrational thoughts that I was totally believing were true and was making me feel so anxious um, I was doing everything else. Like I'd really approached myself in like a very holistic way and that I wasn't looking at my mind separate to my body. I was looking at it all as one thing. And I felt so sensitive at that time. Like I am quite a sensitive person in that I'm very sensitive to my environment. Like I, I need, I need a bit of nature. I need a bit of peace. I need, I need space. I need personal space. Like I need calm. I mean, don't we all, but I'm very sensitive to my environment. Um, and it impacts me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like some people like can just be around those people and like, just, you know, it doesn't really affect them, but I'm not like that. And, um, my sensitivity was just heightened. It was just like turned up times a thousand whilst I was struggling with anxiety. So I had to be really, really mindful of that. So whilst I was also doing therapy, I was doing loads of other things, holistically approaching the, my, my anxiety I was not just thinking about my body and mind as two separate things, but a therapy was the main, the main thing that was helping me separate my, who I am from my thoughts, uh, challenging my rational thoughts. I remember like when I was telling her that I was like, would freak out every day that I was going to get robbed on the bus. <laughs> what is someone going to want to do with my, my bag on the way to college? It's just got like my sketchbook and like, um, this is me and me and Abby were doing like that fashion design course at the time. Um, what were they going to want to do with like my book? It's like, what? <laughs> but that's how like what my mind was at the, at that time. And I remember like my therapist said, okay, so what if somebody does take your bag on the bus? Then what? And I was like, I just have to get some new books, uh, place my iPad. Meh. It wouldn't be too bad, would it? <laughs> she was like, like, I was just so trapped into my own thoughts and was letting them literally run wild. Like therapy was amazing just for literally like separating myself from that. But 
if you guys are struggling with your mental health and you want to go to therapy, I am very, very, very proud that I can right now direct you off to a resource to get therapy yourself. Because I remember when I was 17, I was like, my, my mum found that therapist for me. Like she sorted that out. This is what I mean. That's why you need to get your support network involved because people can really help you. And um, especially when you don't even know where to turn to. But right now, I'm going to tell you where you need to turn. If you need therapy, if you are struggling with anything, anxiety, depression, OCD, grief, anything, or you're just feeling low, you're feeling blocked, you just feel like you want to talk to somebody, you just want to grow, you just want to be better, you want to improve, you just want to experience life better. Therapy is the one and we are really, really proud because BetterHelp sponsor our podcast and they are an online therapy company and they are available for clients all over the world. So wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, you can access BetterHelp's services, which is incredible because there's so many people that listen to our show across the world. Any of you guys can use it, no matter what country you're in. And literally all you need to do is go to our link, betterhelp.com forward slash find your feet. That's betterhelp.com forward slash find your feet. I've left the link in the show notes. You click through that link you will get 10% off your first month of therapy. So BetterHelp is a lot, 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 lot more affordable than traditional offline counseling. It'll cost you about £50 a week, but then with our discount, it'll cost you about £40, £45 a week. Um, and you pay monthly, so you can just pay for like one month of therapy, see how you get on, maybe do another month, completely up to you. But you will get 10% off your first month with our link. Go onto that link, fill out a questionnaire. It'll take you about five minutes, if that. I've filled one out before. It really doesn't take that long. And it's just that it can get an idea about who you are, what are your needs, what do you need help with, what are you struggling with? Because there's so many therapists available on BetterHelp, like specialized in so many different things that are all so highly qualified. There's somebody on there that will literally be perfect to help you with your problems. So where I had anxiety at that point, I would want to be matched with somebody who knows all about anxiety and focuses on that. If I was struggling with grief, I would want to be matched with somebody who is a focuses on grief and and is more experienced in that area like so that's why you fill out the questionnaire and then it only takes two days for you to get your first appointment two days and they'll match you up with a therapist and you can get chatting and you can start setting up your appointment and however you want to communicate with your therapist whether that's on text like in a chat box or if you want to do um video calls or phone calls, whatever you're more comfortable with, that's how they'll work for, with you. But it's all done from home. It's all done online. So an app on your phone or on a computer, whatever you've got, and you literally can just be in your room and get therapy. And that was the thing as well. Like I remember at that time, like, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was going to therapy because like none of my mates were going to therapy, like nobody that I knew. It still seemed really stigmatized. Where now I'm older, like I just don't really care about stuff like that. But I also think therapy is a lot more being a lot spoken about a lot more in a mainstream way which is really really good but I like remember I'd travel and um go to my like therapy sessions once a week I remember I used to not want to tell people and uh, whereas so better helps good as well because you literally just doing it at home like you don't need to explain yourself to anyone like no one needs to know what you're doing not that you should feel shame around it but I'm not stupid in thinking that I know that some people do feel that way so you can just be quite private about what what um, you're doing and just do it at home. So yeah, better help. Get yourself over there if you need therapy because that was the huge thing that helped me. Um, so you know where to go, betterhelp.com forward slash finding your feet. But the other things that I was doing alongside therapy was where I was saying that I felt incredibly sensitive, I um, was just really, really, really watching what I ate 
and drank and everything. Like I was so sensitive to coffee, alcohol. <gasps> Oops, 17, shouldn't have been drinking alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I didn't drink much alcohol, but you know how it is when you, you're that age, you know, going to parties and maybe sneaking out in your local town, someone else's ID for a cheeky night out, all that stuff. I, um, yeah, I literally like, I would have one sip of alcohol and it tipped me over the edge. Like I'd, my anxiety would go to a whole new roof. Like I just couldn't have anything. I couldn't have coffee. I didn't, I don't even think I had tea because tea has a little bit of caffeine. I just had green tea and that was it. Um, and water. Like I stopped having fizzy drinks. Like I was so, even chocolate. I love chocolate, but chocolate was tipping me over the edge. Like the sugar in all the food, processed food was was making I was like so sensitive as it is it was like my body was just like ah, like literally like like just beyond sensitive to everything at that point um so I just minimized all triggers and food is information so like we should be careful about what we eat anyway regardless of whether we're struggling mental health wise or not but food does really impact how you feel in your mind so now I still eat my chocolate and all that stuff, but I do I do eat pretty well. I like my green juices and all that stuff. Helps me vibe high. But yeah, at at that time, I literally went like all in. Like I've never eaten so clean in my life. Like I ate nothing processed. And I'm not saying that you need to go this far to get over anxiety if you're struggling with it. Like this is the thing that like everybody's journey is different. This is what worked for me. And I want to share that with you now, but you might find other things that work for you. And this is where you need to figure out what works for you, but keep a very open mind and try lots of things and don't, don't give up straight away. If things don't work, like don't give up after one therapy session. If you don't feel any different, like don't give up after one meditation. If you don't feel any different, you have to be consistent with these things, see results. So yeah, anyway, so I just went all in on my food. Like I was eating so clean because food is information. So we do need to be careful about what we're putting in our bodies. But I just, anything, like I wasn't eating anything processed. Like I was checking the ingredients on all foods. If I was buying something like, like from like a salad from Mark Spencer and stuff like, like I was still reading the ingredients to check that what was on there was genuine whole foods and not like weird chemicals because I honestly could feel the difference when I'd have all that, like that kind of food. Like I could feel the, the difference between how I, I just felt in my mind like I, I just really could. So that was a huge thing for me was watching what I ate and um, making sure I was really filling my body up with all the nutrients that we need, like as naturally as possible. Um, and I really got into running because running is, you know, good. For, it's good for your physical body, but it's very good for like clearing your mind and stuff. So I was very much into my exercise at this point. And where I was saying I was at college, I put all my college work on the back burner. And I put my mental well-being at the front. And like, honestly, I was prioritizing my workouts above doing my homework and stuff like that. And I could get away with that at that point. And that's the thing. Like, I'm, I know, I'm very aware that a lot of the people listening to this probably have jobs and stuff. If you are in that position and you, or, you know, you, that won't be an option for you to just sit back and not really do much work because you've got to, you've got to, you've got to keep your job. You've got to earn your money. And I'm very mindful of that. I'm very aware of that, but I do think there is ways that you can construct your routine and prioritize you and show up for yourself so that you can get these things done. But yeah, I was literally putting like exercise above, above my schoolwork and everything. Like I'd, I do work out over finishing my homework. Like 
even if it was due the next day and I was going to get in trouble, like I just was like, no, I just, I was just like, I felt so bad. I was like, I don't care. The only thing, it was like survival instinct kicks in as well. Like the only thing that was important to me in that time was getting better. Um, so yeah, so I literally would, I just did like random workouts, something specific and running. So consistent exercise, eating really clean, no caffeine, alcohol, anything like that. Um, just water and green tea. And I, I think I started meditating then. You know I find it really hard to remember when I first started meditating because I've been doing it for so long now, but I think it was probably around then that I started to practice mindfulness. And this is a huge thing for preventative care from, um, struggling with mental health, but also when you actually are struggling with it, like dealing with it, at that time. And I know that actually meditation can be quite scary because I remember those points when I was like on my own and like I had to ring up my mom and get to come and get me because I was at my dad's house and he was, he was out and I was on my own. I was like, I felt like I couldn't be alone with my own thoughts. And luckily I had that support network around me to uh, dive in and help me. But that's why I can get why meditation would feel really daunting if you're in that place, because you're essentially being alone with your thoughts. So build it up slowly, do guided meditations. You're not literally sat there like with your own thoughts. I know that people can be scared of their own thoughts, but this is the thing we have to build, bridge that gap back over where it's not you, your mind versus you. It's not your thoughts versus you. You aren't your thoughts. It's you're the observer. And it's getting to that point of consciousness where you recognize that and, and you don't have to hook in. So what I was doing, why I then, and my body response was pure anxiety all the time, like horrific panic attacks was because I was believing every thought that I had because I didn't understand that I wasn't my thoughts and I was believing all these irrational thoughts and then letting my body have a response to them as if a lion was chasing me all the time non-stop my body was just like so burnt out like adrenal fatigue and just living in fight or flight so meditation is the one and I now, I didn't do this at the time because I was not aware of what it is but this is now a practice that I do every single day which is breath work and I know that you a lot of you guys do it shout out breathe with james we all use him which i love how many of the people in our community uh do breathe with james um but yeah but breath work is so good because you are giving your body a chance to regulate to literally get back to baseline to regulate to get back to who calm and um just in our world anyway like we're always out we're working we're doing all these things like it's very easy to get stressed and your body have stress response things even things that are like exciting you know you're excited about going out somewhere or whatever like that's still an adrenal rush like adrenaline rush through your body it still puts your nervous system out into that more high like hyper aware state regardless of if it's a positive like rush of excitement rather than like nerves and worrying it's still like the same kind of response in the body the emotion is just slightly different so breath work lets you regulate your body and bring you back down to the baseline of calm and put your nervous system back into that peaceful calm state so I didn't do this at the time because I wasn't aware of what it was but this is now something I do every day and honestly life changer and we store so much emotion in our body and like past experiences in our body and then that's why they manifest out into mental health issues or physical illnesses and all this stuff like breath work because you're constantly giving yourself an opportunity to regulate it literally like think about like dusting like it gives you chance to clear out 
what is in there. Like clear out things that have stored in from your mind and your body. Like a really good example that people say when they're trying to explain breath work is when like a deer runs out into a the road and like there's a car and it's there, you know, deer and headlights. And then it runs off like, cause it thinks it's going to die. So it runs off into the woods and hides. Once it gets to a safe space where it feels like it's safe and you know, the car isn't there and like, there's no one around to attack it. The deer then shakes like crazy, crazy, like literally shaking. And it's so that it's releasing all of that, um, that energy that's just been built up from that adrenaline rush. And all animals do this, but humans, we don't do this. However, we have a lot of things that we respond to in our day-to-day lives in that same way of that like fight or flight response. But we don't go into a, like a room after where we can be calm and then like start shaking like crazy to release the energy. We never release the energy and that's what gets trapped in our body and manifests into mental health problems, physical illnesses, all this stuff. So breathwork gives you an opportunity to basically clear out that energy that you're never giving yourself an opportunity to clear out because that's just not really how like we function in life and where we're always like, go, 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 go. Breathwork just gives you the chance to just stop for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, however long, and just get that shit out of your body just clear your channel so not only does breath work like really help my mind it really helps clear things out my body i just feel lighter and better it's just good so i really recommend that trying to think if there's anything else that i did but that was pretty much it was i just approached it with a very mind body connection approach holistic approach like I wasn't just looking at what was going on in my brain in therapy. Like I was looking at what was going on in my body as well and was thinking about what I was putting in my body and how I was treating it. So I was doing the whole thing. And I just literally that, like, I don't think I really went out much. I didn't do much socializing during that six months. I just focused on me. I did gratitude as well. Yeah, obviously journaling and uh, focused on like three things that I was grateful for every day. Um, to like direct my mind towards more positive thoughts, like building those neural pathways to be more positive rather than like work the point, like, cause I'd had so many like perpetually anxious thoughts. A lot of my neural pathways in the brain had formed to be anxious thought pathways, like of just constant, like nonstop anxious thoughts. So I was actively practicing gratitude to create new positive neural pathways in, in my brain but that is pretty much what I did, but I just went in on that for six months and then I came out and all good. And like, even Abby will say this, like her first memory of me, which is really funny as I don't remember this, but obviously this is her first memory of meeting me. She found me crying in the toilet at college. (laughs) I, um, yeah, like I think I I was like, when I first started out, I was going to say I'm a mess. I was a mess. I wasn't a mess. I was just a I was just struggling at that point in my life. But like I was, yeah, I was just really not okay. But um, I, so obviously I was crying in the toilet. I have no idea what, I can't remember what about, but, and she remembers thinking, who's this girl? Why is she crying? So that's like, that's who I was when she first met me. Um, And then by the end of like our college course, I was very different. I wasn't like that. And I was back to like who I truly am at my core, which is like, that baseline of happiness and feeling good and enjoying life and not being like an anxious wreck. Um, so yeah, that's where I got to in the end. And now obviously that's, uh, seven years later, eight years later now 
I just don't ever have problems like that anymore. Like it never went away. And I know as well, some people get like um, prescription medication and stuff to help with things uh, like with anxiety and stuff. Um, I didn't do that just because I just didn't. I, I don't even think it was offered to me, but I just went down the route of just therapy. Let's address what's in the mind. Uh, let's make sense of it. And also let's have a look at what I'm putting in my body and like, let's treat it right. Let's, let's treat like the temple that it is. And that's what got me out of it. But I mean, you know, everybody's different. You, you do what you need to do, but that is my story. (laughs) I hope this has like been helpful and like helps you maybe understand yourself more. Um, maybe I'm being Zoella to you right now that Zoella was to me when I was 17. Who knows? Anyway, I hope that even, even if, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed maybe getting to know me a little bit better by hearing my story. But yeah, if you were struggling, that is okay. Because the thing that makes it the worst is the guilt and shame you feel for the fact that you are struggling. Just remember, it's not about what's wrong with you. It's thinking about what's happened to you and just completely understand that your brain is honestly having a response to what's happened to you because of how your brain is meant to be. It's not that there's anything wrong with you and that there is ways out of it. Like there's ways to manage yourself out of this. And I'm like living proof of that. And there's so many other people that are living proof of it. Um, And there's probably loads of people in your life that maybe had their own transformations, but again, like don't want to talk about it or anything. And it's just very possible to transform. And I just want everyone to know that and to know that you deserve to feel amazing every day and that it's possible for you. It's so possible. I'm telling you right now that it's possible. It is. It is very possible. There's so many things that you can do to improve and make yourself feel better. And you do not need to feel low forever. But yeah, thank you very much for joining me in this episode. Uh, Let me know what you thought about it. Um, Yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one.